Welcome to Bell with her friends. Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna and my pronouns are she and her. I'm Aline and my pronouns are also she and her. When we get the opportunity, we get together and chat about a pop culture topic or two, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. This is episode number 111, Fall 2019 TV Roundup. We've missed you guys. Missed you. Yes. We would rather not have had pneumonia and various other things. (laughs) So we are here to report on the winner of our bracket Challenge, challenge, challenge from March Madness. So it hasn't really been that long. No, it only about it's six only been months. half a year. We're fine. <laughs> we did watch the first season of Pose, which gained the popular vote as the thing that we should watch. We have not let down our constituents. We have watched the first season of Pose. Aline, thoughts? Have you heard the good news about my Lord and Savior, Billy Porter? <laughs> If not, you should follow him on Instagram for sure. Oh my God, Billy Porter. Oh my God, Billy Porter. So I am someone who saw Paris is Burning in the movie theater when it came out in 1992, I think it was. and Of course you did. And I moved directly to New York, not specifically because of Paris is Burning, but I was extremely invested in that and I loved it and I thought it was fascinating and interesting in this culture that I was would never be a part of for any reason which we're not going to talk about queer imposter syndrome today we don't have time but it was it was really great and I really loved it and having Ryan Murphy take inspiration from this documentary which was not shiny and pretty yeah and making it this shiny pretty beautiful wonderful touching gripping series has overall optimistic overall despite optimistic. being set during yeah. the AIDS crisis epidemic in New York City in the 80s we watched Paris is Burning before we started Pose just to set the scene in our minds yep And I think that was a good call. Pose is set in 1987, 1988. And it is the story of, well, Blanca Evangelista is our main character. And at the beginning of the season, she splits with the house that she was with, the House of Abundance, to form her own house, which is like a family. It's a main family, a found family, that is central to this drag ball world. Voguing. Voguing. Dancing. Being declared the the various categories seem to shift each uh, ball. They do. They do. Billy Porter is emceeing the balls, and they are the central part of the story, but each character has things going on outside the balls and there's a lot of mean girl politics going on within the balls but there are all of these folks who have maybe lost their families or lost their way for a variety of reasons and they form found families with uh, a house mother i feel like electra abundance is trans yep well by the end of the season she has had surgery She's had gender affirmation gender surgery. Gender affirmation surgery. So we're kind of all over the place with this, but it's one of those things that is really 
engaging with my emotions because of the whole concept of a found family and getting things that you need from people who started out as strangers, things that you can't, aren't getting from your birth family. And there are a lot of characters that are coming together for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And there's a political re- political infighting that makes Blanca go Leave, create her own house. Right, and the she, house of abundance. The first episode of the first season, she has an AIDS test and finds out that she is HIV positive. Yep. And she says that she wants to leave her mark on the world. And so she's going to break off from the House of Abundance. And she creates her own House of Evangelista. And other people in the house are Angel, who who usually who makes her money via sex work and has an affair with a married man. And Damon, who is a... I guess a teenager who wants to be a dancer and eventually his boyfriend and another street wise youth named Poppy. Lil Poppy. Lil Poppy. So they are sort of a set of misfits. But my my favorite characters are probably Electra Abundant, who like the Dowager Countess in Downton Abbey. It's all of the really good lines. Really good burn lines. Yes, yes. And Pray Tell who maybe gets all the rest of the really good burn lines that's billy porter my lord and savior billy porter and i think that we loved watching pose and we love the characters and it is so refreshing to see queer people of color trans people on television being beautiful and being more than their designation yeah it was it was great i liked it a lot we'll watch the second season as soon as we figure out the best method to do that with. And I think that MJ Rodriguez, who plays Blanca, does a really great job. I really love her performance. She's extraordinary. And Billy Porter, of course. Oh my god, Billy Porter. You guys, Billy Porter. (laughs) We don't have a lot of critical thoughts about Pose, because mostly we're like, ah, Pose. Pretty much. We are grateful to our constituency for voting Pose into our... Consciousness. I mean, we know about it. Into the top of our pile. Right. I feel like it needs more visibility than it has. Like, I was talking to someone at work about it. The guy who orders our our TV series, and he hadn't heard of it, you know? And that seems not great. Well, that's a failing on our part. I know. Well, We need to take him aside. He has now. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) But, you know, like, if you haven't watched Pose... Maybe give it a shot. It, I think, has a lot to say to a lot of different people about being, you know, finding a family. Yeah, it talks a lot about finding your chosen family, which many people have to do at some point in their lives yeah. for any number of reasons. It doesn't You don't have to be a trans person to not have a good relationship with your birth family. Yeah. Or, yeah, anything. So, enthusiastic sums up. Way, way up. (laughs) For Pose. So, we are going to talk about many other television shows during this episode and sort of round up what we've been watching and what we've been sort of trying out this TV season. I somehow have gotten Aline to to cast her usual single narrative preferences (laughs) into the wind and, like, try... Five different new shows this season. 
and I'm hoping for more. So usually we only try a couple of new things. It's very uncomfortable for me. I am not a person who reads multiple books. You may know this about me. And when we are watching multiple TV shows every week, where right now we have four or five things that we're watching within a few days of their original broadcast instead of saving up a season and watching it all together. It's daunting. It is daunting. Because they keep stacking up. Well, they stack up. But we did lose a couple shows, which we will also talk about. So we have various categories, and we're going to do a timer so that we don't spend too much time on any one show, because otherwise it will take forever. We're going to try to encourage ourselves to get to the point. Get directly to the point and stick to it. We promise we will digress as usual. You're right. No. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> something something television. Billy Porter. Billy Porter? Oh my god, Billy his, Porter. I love his fashion. I love his fashion and his red carpet and his philosophy and their his attitude. Our videos on his Instagram. I am going to find one that there's a particular one and I can't remember the topic of it, but it made me cry and in a really positive good way. And I will share it with y'all because I am here for your tears, friends. <laughs> Please cry on my behalf. I don't know why my voice sounds like this. Because you're sick. I don't, oh, I don't think I'm sick. Okay. Okay. So, starting the timer, fellow uh, Bracketology winner, The Good Place. We have kept up with The Good Place. We saw the first season, second season. We watched the third season. And now we are watching the fourth season as it airs pretty much. Which, who are we? Who even are we? We love... We love the characters in The Good Place. I have to say that I have previously liked Eleanor a little more than I do now. Like, right now, it's Jason and... Um, Tahani. Tahani that I'm most entertained by. I'm not sure why. Well, Eleanor has had her heart torn out by having to reset Chidi. Yeah. And she's not... She's not functioning at full, like... Wattage. Yeah, or something. And Ted Danson is still Ted dancing around. He's amusing. I'm curious to see, So this is the final season of Good Place. I'm curious to see how they wrap it up. Right. I had someone at work talk to me about seeing an interview with Manny Jacinto and learning exactly how brilliant his <laughs> performance is by seeing him as himself. Right. And if I can find a link to that interview, I will share it with you as well. I would be perfectly happy if he was exactly like <laughs> Jason <same>. Mendoza. <laughs> but I know that a performance like Jason Mendoza <laughs> is, is a work of brilliance. Art. It's a work of art. Yeah. I'm very sad that Blake Bortles no longer plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he always will. <laughs> In our hearts. <laughs> okay, so moving on from Bracketology winners to things that we regularly watched before this season of television kicked off. We regularly watch very small snippets of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. We don't watch any of the segments... We don't watch any of the news because we're very, very head in the sand about news in general. We see a lot of news on Twitter. We do. And we are not at the point where we can think that satiric takes on it are fun. So we we check to see who Trevor's interviewing. 
And if it's someone we're interested in, then we watch it. And we just fast forward through everything, watch the interview, and delete it off the DVR. It's very it's very cool because we get our two and a half minutes of amazing, interesting people. Yeah. And then there then we have 30 minutes back on the DVR. Right. So we blow through so those. So recent highlights were, let's see. Jackie Woodson. Oh, yes. Jackie Woodson. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. It's only been a whole episode since we were fawning over Jackie. <laughs> The he did Ali Wong the last one the last one we watched. Um, right. It's a good way to figure out like if someone has a book out or what you know what stuff is about, what's going on. And uh, sometimes it's how we when we look at who was on Trevor, we'll check and see. Oh, you know somebody mentioned something about that on Twitter. We should probably watch that. We should look at that. Our selective like it, it's usually someone we've heard of. It's usually a person of color because Trevor has leans that way, which I appreciate. Yeah. And, you know, it's good to just, like, see what someone's about for, like, four minutes and then move on. I really appreciated Dr. Tressie Mack. Yeah, that was a was great on. interview. Yeah, that was really good, too. I was just, tr- I was trying to think back. Of course, a lot of this stuff just flits right out of my brain, but I'm really glad to have these pieces of context that I can use. Yep. Okay, moving on to... <laughs> Dick Wolf, FBI. Kachong. There is no such sound. I feel like that's a really sad part of FBI. Like they don't make, they don't play a sound when they change scenes. They don't. But they also don't have the law part. They just, it's just action. Just action, just <clears throat> FBI action with OA and Maggie. Who? So, right. So if you don't know about FBI, it's a procedural in which the FBI in New York City, of course are, like, tracking down various threats. Usually bombers, sometimes, like, killers. Usually it's something more complicated than it appears at first glimpse. The two leads are Missy Peregrine from Stick It <laughs> and Zeke Ozaki, but there's a great supporting cast, um, Ebony Noel. Um, Jeremy Sisto is, like, the head He's, like, their middle manager guy. Yeah, guy. he's, like, their supervisor. And then there's... Because there's a boss lady. There's a boss lady who used to be Celia Ward and is now that Law & Order... <laughs> yes, a Law & Order alum. DA person. I love procedural crime. I have watched 4,000 years of Law & Order. I am... I spent a lot of time watching Law & Order and Law & Order Criminal Intent when I was pinned to the couch by pneumonia and unable to do anything else. Yeah, she couldn't read, she couldn't listen to audiobooks, but she could watch people die. Yep. Or something. So this is a lot of fun. I think that many of us would agree that Dick Wolf is a crime procedural... Hero? Maven. Manifester. Uh, Yeah, yes. (laughs) And... He he can do nothing else. He can do nothing else, and he does a pretty good job with them. Well, after all this time, I mean... We enjoy it. We like that O.A. is a good Muslim boy who lives with his mom and worries about his sister. And Maggie is tragically widowed and tough as nails. (laughs) And they seem to have a pretty good division of labor in their, like, emotional engagement with their cases. They trade off. (laughs) They they trade off being overly invested and being overly practical. And like Anna said, the supporting cast is awesome, and I like a New York setting, and... Yeah, it's, if you're like, oh, Law & Order Criminal Intent is gone, Law & Order mm-hmm. Original Flavor is gone, just 
Just watch FBI. You'll be fine. And it's a little more exciting than, you know, the law and orders are really structured in a specific way. And the crimes in FBI are more creative. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have the, like, courtroom yeah. stuff on yeah. the end. Okay. Moving on to Jeopardy! Mainstay of our lives. We are we're currently watching the episodes from May. Yes, we just finished the teacher's tournament. And we... Spoiler alert, a teacher won. <laughs> it was a nice teacher. There wasn't anything wrong with him. His name is Francois. Francois. We enjoy Jeopardy. We enjoy trivia. We enjoy shouting at... Alex, Alex for being patronizing yep. mm -hmm. to contestants, mostly female contestants, and we are concerned for his illness yep. and keep him in our thoughts, even though we are several months behind. <laughs> so, so behind. But wow. somebody we know is going to be on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, oh, so we're going to watch right. that episode live. Oh, well, we had to put that on the calendar then, or we will totally forget. I have it in the calendar. Okay, great. We don't need to say much more about nope. Jeopardy, but on the coworker who does did not previously know about Pose's recommendation, we started watching Shit's Creek about a year ago. We knuckled down about a year ago and we watched, watched seasons one and two. Yes, okay. And we enjoyed it a lot. We're just like we watched them in very short order for us, and I think that maybe we were like, Okay. Okay. Well, and what's interesting is that we knew then that season three was the season that was going to seize our hearts. Yes, because we, we like romance. We like romance, and we were told that there would be a romantic development for David in season three. David? Ew. And we somehow just watched the first two seasons, and then we're like, okay, and we took a break. And then we sat down and watched season three, in I'll pretty short order, the tail end of the pneumonia. The couch, yeah. yep. And we watched all of season three, and there was indeed a romantic connection that was made, and it wasn't overdone. We only got really a couple of episodes of romance, and so so we had to go to season so we four. started season four, and we've watched half of season four, and we'll watch the other half of season four. Soon. Soon. Um, because if, we're so loving it. If you don't know the plot of Schitt's Creek. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to jump ahead. Sorry about that. It's created by Eugene Levy of, you know. The Christopher Guest I was just ensemble. documentary yes. fame. And his son, Dan, who both play basically caricatures in the show. And so it's about a rich family who lose everything except... The town of Schitt's Creek? Did yes, they own they, the town? They did. They do. They bought the town as a gag for David's 16th birthday. Right. And it is in, maybe in Canada somewhere. It's a Canadian show. It's a Canadian show. And so everybody <laughs> says sorry. And It's like watching a Hallmark movie. It's kind of like watching a Hallmark movie with these incredible performances of these fish out of water wealthy people in this small town where Chris Elliott is the mayor. Right. And well, Catherine O'Hara is the matriarch of the <sighs> misplaced Rose family, and she has an amazing black and white wardrobe, and she has an amazing accent that she affects. An she, amazing collection she is of wigs. the best. And we have a little clip here. In the lee of a picturesque ridge lies a small, unpretentious winery. One that pampers its fruit like its own babies. Hi, 
I'm Moira Rose, and if you love fruit wine as much as I do, then you'll appreciate the craftsmanship and quality of a local vintner who brings the muskmelon goodness to his oak chardonnay and the dazzling peach crabapple to his Riesling Rioja. Come taste the difference good fruit can make in your wine. You'll remember the experience and you'll remember the name, Herb Erblinger. Bert Hermgeim. Herb Hermblinger. Bing Livehanger. Livelink. Bert Herker. <laughs> so <clears throat> Moira is a, is a special, special woman. And the whole thing about this show is that these fancy people are dropped into this small town and nobody understands each other and they're speaking at cross purposes and confused by everything. And all of it is done with such sweet good humor and a complete lack of cruelty. They're not making, nobody's making fun of the roses for being unable to do anything for themselves and nobody is making fun of the small town for being a small town everyone's a caricature in like a sweet way i just can't wrap my mind around it it's so good it's a feat it is a feat so high recommendation in case you haven't checked that out seasons one through five are on netflix the sixth season has yet to air the sixth and final season has yet to air you can also probably pick it up at the library i think it is out on dvd Brilliant. Sunday morning is a thing that we still, being aged people. CBS Sunday morning. CBS Sunday morning. It's not just when any Sunday morning. When our trumpet sounds again. We'll see you when the trumpet sounds again. We don't watch it as, as often as we could. And we do some fast forwarding through segments that we don't care about. Or that we might, would might be triggered by. Right, exactly. <laughs> so... But Sunday Morning, if you don't know, is a News Digest program geared toward your parents and grandparents. They recently did an episode. It was all about Italy. It was all about Italy. And interestingly enough, it was only a few episodes after they did a segment on how all the olive trees in Italy are dying. (laughs) And we need to backtrack on that. Italy is mad. No one is going to Italy anymore. (laughs) So they're in Tuscany and they're doing all kinds of lovely things. And it was very interesting. And they went to the place where they make all of the Pinocchios. Yeah. And they visited... The woman who wrote Under the Tuscan Sun at her villa. Right, they did. Frances Mays. And it's a nice show, and you can get your little, like, bite-sized information about various things. I honestly think it is where the baby boomers find out about what America is up to. Yeah, well, I have said more than ten times in my life... (laughs) I learned about that on Sunday morning. My favorite segment, and if we could find a clip, we will, is the the day in the life of the hand model in which you learn that, you know, her family has to open doors and cupboards for her because her hands are <laughs> the source of their income and nothing must affect them. She wears gloves all the time, but yes, nobody, she has to like be handed her iced drink in a cup with a straw. <laughs> but so you learn about really random stuff, and sometimes it's like, 
a kid who who wrote to a local policeman and found out about the true meaning of community. And you're like, <laughs> but they do this great thing where at the beginning of the show they preview all the stories that they're, that they're going to tell you. And so you can be like, nope, nope, yep, okay, no. They did an entire episode on gun control and we didn't watch any of it. Yeah, we skipped it. And it's good. It's like a kinder, gentler 60 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so... I reviewed various lists of, like, forthcoming fall TV, and I picked out some that I thought we, would, we might be interested in. The first one, we kind of decided to do right after we watched Friday the 13th. And, and Friday the 13th Part right, 2. Part of Friday the 13th Part 2. We haven't watched the whole thing yet. Who knows what's going to happen? I have no idea. So that would be American Horror Story, colon, 1984. Now, if you have listened to our bracket episodes, American Horror Story has been on our list to potentially try, and I thought that this would be the one that I could handle, (laughs) and that you would also like, because it's the 80s, it's Halloween, plus Friday the 13th, plus any number of slasher movies that I've seen. It's set at a a summer camp. And And it's like 17 years after everyone was murdered at the summer camp. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the sole survivor of that original massacre is now the operator of the summer camp. Of course, of course. And has hired a bunch of coke-addled, beautiful people <laughs> from Los Angeles Aerobics to come out refugees. and staff the, <laughs> staff the camp. Uh, Billy Lord is doing a fabulous job as a coked-up aerobics instructor with giant hair. Giant platinum hair. Platinum hair, yes. Matthew Morrison and his porn stash. <laughs> And is and he is a porn star. Yeah. No, wait, that was the that was the gay the not gay gay one. But I think that there there is reference think, okay. to Matthew Morrison's endowment. So we've watched like four or five episodes and it's super campy and people have died in every episode, which, you know, that kind of has to happen. There are two s- serial killers involved, Multi- or two yeah. killers involved. And there was a big reveal the last episode we watched, so we need to, like, find out what happens next. We better talk fast so that we can go watch it. The second one, which we've only seen one episode of, is <laughs> Batwoman, <laughs> starring Ruby Rose <laughs> as Batwoman. For those of you who don't know, this is, like, in the DC franchise with Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, all those... And presumably will cross over if it lasts long enough because I looked at Rotten Tomatoes and the critics were like, it's fine, sure. And it has an audience score of 12%. So get out there and watch it and give it good reviews because I think it's the bros giving it bad reviews because she is queer from the outset. (laughs) She is queer from the outset. She has a secret girlfriend who is black and they break up because they get caught and... Batwoman is not willing to like compromise herself, and her girlfriend is like, oh, I'll just stay in the academy and ultimately get married to a man. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to be happening, but we are going to watch it for her hair, if nothing else. Yep. Moving on to a little bit of an outlier here. This is a show that has been on Netflix for a little while, but we have not watched it until C pinned to the couch. <laughs> I think that 
we had several people tell us that we should not miss it. I know that friend of the podcast, Allie, has well, been and two bossy dames. chafing for us to do it. Well, I feel like the whole world knows that Two Bossy Dames right. is recommending something. So I want to also credit some of yeah, our, some of our lesser known... Well, I wanted to watch it when it came out, but Because it was, Ireland? Yeah. So anyway, the show is Dairy Girls. Right! We haven't said that yet. <laughs> the name of the show, which is about five teenagers in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, and anything in which everyone speaks with an Irish accent, except for James. Why does he sound like that? <laughs> makes me just, like, wonder how they how they make that word come out that way. She spends a lot of time rolling words around in her mouth while we're watching Dairy Girls, <laughs> trying to figure out the exact combination of vowels. I can't understand it, but I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like it's like my town of French obsession, but it's a different part of Ireland, and so it's like it's different vowel sounds. Anyway, there are five kids. One of them is like, she thinks she's very smart and arty. <laughs> One of them is a very goody two-shoes, and one of them is a bad girl, and one of them is a weirdo, and then there's an English boy. <laughs> the bad girl's cousin ends up going to the girl's school with them yes. for some reason. Um, our favorite character is probably the nun headmistress. Sister Michael. <laughs> oh, Sister Michael. You can do whatever you want, but you will be judged. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's a sitcom where they exist in this, like, place you you know your bus could get stopped by the military toting giant machine guns and it's just like a fact of life and they're teenagers doing teenagery things and having romantic crises and fashion crises and, and exercises where they meet protestants <laughs> yes it's really funny and it's a little painful if you were a teenager in the late 80s and early 90s. <laughs> the soundtrack is good. The soundtrack is brilliant, and it's it's a lot of fun, and we watched all of it, and we're ready for more. I don't know yeah, if there's ever going to be any. It might be, be done. It might be done. There have been two seasons, and they were, they, they're just bite-sized, and yeah. well, I mean, I might want to watch them again someday, just as a comfort watch. And for those of you whose favorite character in the Pitch Perfect movies, is the nearly silent Asian woman. <laughs> there is a wacky cousin named Orla who says the kinds of things that that Pitch Perfect character whispers under her breath she, yeah, but out all loud. the time. Yeah, She's mm -hmm. really, really funny. Her, her view of the world is... <laughs> I just love it. I like her. Orla. Orla. Okay, we're going alphabetically in case anyone was wondering, but the next one is... Something that I was hoping would fill the X-Files shaped hole in my heart. And that is a show called Evil, in which a skeptical female clinical psychologist joins a priest in training and a blue-collar contractor. I mean, Asif Manvi doesn't really come off as a blue-collar contractor. He just comes off as, like, tech guy. Yeah, he's just, like, their IT guy. Yeah. So, it's Katya Herber's... Mike Coulter of Luke Cage fame and Asif Manvi of, I think, The Daily Show. Wasn't he on The Daily Show? He was. He's he's really good as the tech guy. So who, who he's, he's like 
relentlessly practical. Yes. So the psychologist woman is the skeptic, yep. and the priest in training who is working for the Catholic kind of Church an open mind. Is, is like an open-minded believer, but Asif Mandvi's like practical IT guy is sort of like, no, that's the wind blowing through this window. So they are supposed to investigate potential miracles or demonic possessions or other weird stuff and decide... Also in New York... Decide if it's supernatural. If or the church not. needs to intervene, right? Exactly. And so the Catholic Church part is a little weird, but it's also it's it's kind of funny. It's like a like when the first episode there's a demon named George who's like a night terror and it is kind of charmingly terrible, and the main antagonist is the guy from Lost, and. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where they go. Because they've already said, like, she's attracted to my Coulter. As, as who is not? <laughs> right. <laughs> who wouldn't be, Who really? amongst us is not? There's also a sort of... It presents a view of the Catholic Church that I haven't seen a lot of, like, on Law & Order, SVU. Elliot is really Catholic, and he's always, like, buddying up when they're having a priest be part of the show or something. There's... A, a priest who the Luke Cage guy is working for, and he has to go and say, can I hire this woman to do this stuff? And he's like, yeah, 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 we'll find the money. But there's, you know, it shows this sort of, like, bureaucracy right. that is involved in some of these things that I would just think, hey, the Catholic Church has all the money in the world, and they can just hire people to be demonic Investigators. Investigators. Left, right and, and left. They don't have as much money since they uh, have to pay it all in settlements. Right, right. But anyway, it's we're liking it, and we're going to keep watching it for a little bit. Oh, I did want to call out that her mom is Christine Lottie as a, like, leather-jacketed, wearing, cool lady. She is, and she, the and she has four little girls, and her husband is, is like, off. a guide on Everest. I know. So she stayed home. They used to climb together, and she stays home with these four adorable little girls who, of course, are threatened by all the bad guys. You know, that's how you get to the woman. But Christine Lottie's bad girl mom is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting where they, to see if they go anywhere with, like, this, like, theoretical attraction with Luke Cage. And I mean, he's a priest in training, so I'm hoping that it's just tension. Right? Who knows? Forever. I don't know. We, sorry, that took longer than three minutes. <laughs> we uh, are keeping an eye on the time. So the last one that we're trying out is Stumptown, featuring Kobe Smulders. Portland, Oregon. Is that a real name? Yes. Just wondering. Who is an Afghanistan vet and who has racked up a lot of debt at the local casino and who becomes a private investigator kind of because she's, like, sort of good at solving puzzles slash strong-arming people into things. We've watched three or four, three or four episodes. Yep. It's got one of the guys from New Girl on it, Jake Johnson. Johnson. And... It has Cameron Mannheim. Cameron Mannheim is the lieutenant, and... Michael Ely is the detective. The detective that, that she sleeps with sometimes. But she's bi because she makes reference to dating a girl in the second episode. And the head Native American casino running lady is in all the episodes too. Her name is Tantu Cardinal. 
Yeah, and I she, like her a lot. She is she is like the mob boss. She I don't know if she's the head of the nation or if she's just the head of the casino portion of her nation, but it's she has this this hench, silent henchman, you know, I and was she glad. is mean. Right. I was glad, because I was afraid that, like, we would see them in the first episode because it was about her granddaughter running away. Right. And then not see them again, but they've been, they keep popping up, and I appreciate it. I yeah. Mean, I mean, Kobe Smulders' Dex was once engaged to her son, so they have, like, a little more history. They have dramatic history dramatic because history. the the casino lady broke them up right. and Dex went off to join the army to and then, recover and then he followed her into the army and then he was killed. Right. Super dramatic. Anyway, so. it's based on a comic book series created by Greg Rucka, Matthew Southworth, and Justin Greenwood and I don't know how fast they're burning through that material, but it has like little kind of cute touches like the car is got a tape stuck in it that plays dramatically appropriate retro music at yep. the right time. Like, it's the kind of thing that could get annoying, but is kind of charming. So it was a trope in How I Met Your Mother, but it was just one song. Oh, okay. So, so mm-hmm. when they talked about this on Extra Hot Great, they said that it seemed to be aiming for the Whiskey Cavalier demographic, and I was like, well, we, us. we have a Whiskey Cavalier-shaped hole, so we'll be talking about that shortly. We'll plug Stumptown into it and see what happens. Yeah, we do we'll like. See. We do like a tough, heartless girl who sleeps with who she feels like and doesn't get involved and has some PTSD that wakes her up in the middle of the night. <laughs> okay, then. So we have two shows that we really, really liked. That we are no- really liked them. That, we're, that are no longer with us. R.I.P. to For the People, which was a New York-based... Shondaland. Shondaland lawyer show, which had two seasons... We only watched the second season, We only watched the second season, so we still have the first season. But our favorite character was named Kate Littlejohn, and she was a no-nonsense, very smart, Paris Geller-like figure. Yeah, she was great. And uh, so she's going to shed a little tear that she won't be on our screens anymore. Moment of silence for Kate Littlejohn. So it was three... Baby lawyers for the defense and three baby lawyers for the prosecution. And then their two bosses who probably hooked up in the first season that we didn't watch, but were totally together in the second season. And not supposed to be because conflict of interest. Right. Because they were opposing departments. So, but it was good. It was like, you know, it, it was the legal part of the law and order equation. We had FBI for the um, order, order part. part. Yes. And we had for the people for the law part. And now we just have order, I guess. Right. But maybe we can find something to fill that law spot. Maybe we can. You have a list later. But before we go on to talk about the other things, we also want to have a moment of silence for our beloved Whiskey Cavalier, which we really, really liked. It was an ensemble of spies saving the world and going all over the place and... The dude was really soft-hearted and always falling in love and having his heart broken. Played by Scott Foley. Played by Scott Foley. And the lady was extremely tough and never fell in love with anyone and sometimes slept with bad guys. And 
they had a really like conversational chemistry that throws back to those fast talking movies of yeah, the thirties and forties. Yeah, they you 40s. know like get to pose as a couple, and I don't know the rest of their team had great chemistry. Like everyone had great chemistry. It's a six person ensemble basically. And, you know, they had, Anna Ortiz was, like, the psychologist one, and Tyler James Williams was the tech one, and Veer Das was the other tech one, but but more like the gadget one, not the computer one. Um, Josh and Hopkins then Josh Hopkins of... was the doofy guy one from uh, Cougar Town. Yes. The, the neighbor across the street that she <laughs> is interested in. And they just, they, they, it was so much fun. It was a lot of we fun. We were so sad when they canceled it after one season. There was an exploding tampon in, like, episode two. I know, right? It was okay. really great. Well, moment of silence for you, Whiskey Cavalier. Should we be drinking whiskey? Okay. <laughs> Should we pause? Now the question becomes, are there any shows that we would want to add to this giant Our list of shows we're watching? Already complicated list of things that is already too much for my little flea brain to handle. But of course, we have to try everything. Well, this is why we have a bracket system in order to, like, narrow it down for us so that we can figure out what is our priority. And we have used that successfully to watch several things that we enjoyed watching. Yes, agreed. Um, so potential shows, just like this season shows, All Rise could fill the law spot is a look at the personal and professional lives of the judges, lawyers, clerks, bailiffs, and cops who work at an L.A. county courthouse. So it's not New York. Yeah, I don't know. But it does have an African-American lady judge. Right. Every time I see that commercial, I'm like, I want to watch that lady judge. I know. That's why That's why you wrote this. Thank you. I don't know about L.A., but okay. The next one is a remake of an Israeli show. It's called The Baker and the Beauty. So it's a romance, a guy who works in the family bakery and, like, meets... A celebrity at a chance encounter, and like they fall in love, and they have to decide if they're going to pursue a relationship. Well, that sounds adorable. <laughs> and this one, it's based on an Israeli series, but this is a Cuban guy in Miami. Yeah, which so I'm here been... for the Cubans in Miami. <laughs> I know you are. See, I'm trying. It's, it's Watcher's advisory. Here. You're doing a great job, Anna. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I know you wanted more things to watch. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna have an anxiety attack on the air. Okay, just wait till we're done. <laughs> okay. So the next one is on a list that you sent to me today called Elite. When three working class teens enroll in an exclusive private school in Spain, the clash between them and the wealthy students leads to murder. This is on Netflix. I am here Isn't it? Yeah. So- I am here for private school murder hijinks. <laughs> me too. I will even sometimes read books. That have private, private school murder, murder hijinks. I just had, I just read that one that we listened to part of, which I'm not going to remember the name of, but remember it was a private school and there was a murder. Right. And there were the two girls and yes, the thing. And yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> we'll just pause and look that up. <laughs> Thank you, Google. People Like Us by Dana Melee, which was decent. If you're looking for a queer-ish boarding school murder story the one that's next on the list i think we can cross off i put it on here so we could cross it off and that is fbi colon most wanted which is a spinoff of fbi that they forced us to watch an episode last season where we were introduced to these characters oh my god we hated that guy 
And we didn't like... I like uh, Keisha Castle Hughes, though. We liked a bunch of them, and so I put it on here because we should probably watch a few episodes and see if we actually don't like it. But if that main guy is the main guy, then no. Maybe he'll be... And maybe he'll get murdered, and the season will be about avenging his murder. Okay, that'd work. So, we'll see. The next one is one that is a, sort of a cheat also, but it's been getting a lot of press lately. And that is Fleabag, which is about a young woman. This is trying to cope with life in London whilst coming to terms with a recent tragedy. But uh, it's based on the play by Phoebe Waller-Bridge and stars Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and she seems to be... An unpleasant character, but in a way that is brilliant. I don't know. We haven't watched it, but everyone else has. And it is an Amazon Prime property, which is one of the reasons we haven't watched it yet. So we may break down and go against all of our morals for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. If you've seen her, you will see why. Yes, one of our currently watching shows, which I meant to put in and didn't, is Killing Eve. And we are Killing Eve fans. Like Phoebe Waller-Bridge did the adaptation of the first season. I don't think she is that involved in the second season. But we are on board for her brand of Lady-centric. Humor. Yeah. Dramatic Dark. humor. Yeah. Speaking of lady-centric, <laughs> <laughs> we are interested in watching the new Nancy Drew adaptation. We have... Dropped Riverdale largely after weird stuff started happening, or stuff that we weren't that into started happening in the second season. We just sort of stopped watching Riverdale. But Nancy Drew is going to be on the CW. There's going to be a supernatural murder mystery. So I'm willing to like give it a try. I like these updates of classic properties and am here for it. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Riverdale... Things like that are interesting. And... I am totally game, especially if it's not an update of Archie. It's an update of Nancy Drew. Right, right. We enjoy Betty and Veronica in Riverdale. We do. We do. And there's and not Cheryl. enough of them. Right. <laughs> the next one is I had co- contemplated it, and when our friends Amy and Jeremy were recently here, they said they were enjoying it. So I put it on this list because procedural, because serial killer and that is prodigal son which centers on a former fbi now police profiler whose father is a serial killer and of course he has to consult with his father when some kind of copycat is doing similar things you know so there's like drama there his father's played by michael sheen oh right but you know, it also has Lou Diamond Phillips. I'm not sure in what capacity. Maybe he's the uh, buddy. Maybe he's the police chief. I have no idea. Doesn't matter. Who knows? That's a that's a question mark. It's a procedural, so maybe we would like it because we like procedurals and we like serial killers, but not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> but not in a creepy way. And the last one I have on here is one that I came across, and I thought... I see that you've hearted Skylar Aston, and that is why I put this on this list, because it also has a couple of other, like, interesting people on it, like Lauren Graham and Peter Gallagher, and that show is yet to come out. It's a 2020 show called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and she is a computer coder who starts to hear the innermost wants and desires of the people around her through songs. 
And so it's, it's got a musical vibe, hence Skylar Aston, I presume. <laughs> Zoe is played by Jane, Jane Levy. It just seems like a potentially interesting... We, we like the, the songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a wild card. It looks like I would probably want to watch it. That's what I thought. But I don't know if you would want to watch oh, it. But I love musicals. I know you do. And you stopped watching Glee before I did. Right, I did. So, But that might have been more due to circumstance than, like, desire. Okay. Shows that we need to catch up on or figure out if we're going to s- just stop watching them. It's the last category we have here. Uh, time for a digressive confession. Oh, okay. I have kept notebooks with things that I have read and things that I have watched and movies I want to watch for the last 30 years, give or take. And I have notes from what page I DNF'd books on (laughs) because I refuse to admit that I may have DNF'd. Right, I believe you mentioned this in our Reading Slump episode. I may have done. And I will... Never let go of something that I haven't finished. I will always think that I might finish it. Um, wow. This has not been a singing episode, and you are the one who broke it. So, just for purposes of transparency, I think we're going to finish these at some point. Even if... Even Riverdale. Even Riverdale! Okay, yeah. I, would, I would totally go watch Riverdale. Okay. Believe me. I think I'm... You're not alone. I think we're going to finish these all, too. (laughs) But let's... Maybe we can prioritize it. So Black Lightning, we do want to watch, for sure. We like Black Lightning a lot. We just somehow, like, got behind, and then we were too far behind. Same Same with Supergirl. Same with Supergirl. (laughs) Uh, Fringe is something that we were watching together across the country. It is. It was what we did on Friday nights on, on FaceTime. Right. Before you lived here. And now that we live together. Like, we don't need a watch fringe. And, and it was something that was sort of filling the X-Files hole. It was. It's, um, it's fun. And it's fine, even and though weird. Olivia needs to wear a hair tie. And I saw that one guy in the airport. Right. You saw um, Walter. Walter in the airport and sent me a picture. <laughs> um, and so I don't know if and when we'll go back to fringe. I'm afraid that when we go back to fringe, it will have been... So long that we're going to have to start all over again because I don't remember anything. Yeah, same with Person of Interest in Quantico. Person of Interest, I have watched some episodes while you slept next to me. I was watching. Yeah, okay, so tell me what happened. There was a Person of Interest. Quantico, at least, has been canceled. Oh, so, only... so we can finish Quantico. Well, Person of Interest is over as well, and so is Fringe. We can finish any of these things if we tried hard. And believed in ourselves. So if we stay home from work tomorrow? I bet we could finish Shit's Creek. Ooh. <laughs> tempting. You are staying home from work tomorrow. It's my um, day off. I know. The only other things on here are Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is also wrapped up. And we were... I think we had gotten to the end of the third season, maybe. We certainly we got through two seasons. stopped halfway through oh. because there was a thing. I don't remember the thing. Okay, I'll fill you in. Okay. So does that mean we don't want to keep going? No, we, we will keep going. I, we just need to push through the thing. Okay. And then the other one is Winona Earp, which you put on the drop-off list. And then I was like, we are not going to just have one thing on the drop-off list. No, well, I wrote hiatus because it they're not making it. That's what right, the hi- but we're not caught up with where they were before when they stopped. Oh. 
We watched two seasons. Okay. And then we stopped. Which is fine. It's just what we did with Shit's Creek. Creek. And I think it was around the same time. It was. I don't know if we were just like dipping into things from the bracket and committing more deeply than just a dip. <laughs> I think maybe we were. And we liked, uh, I liked Winona Earp featuring one of the same actors from Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. And Winona Earp is like there to fill your buffy supernatural space in your heart. We made it through our list. We um, did, but you should tweet at us if you have TV shows that yeah, are current that we haven't like had on the bracket. We're hurting for recommendations, and we need you to tell us more shows that we should be considering. Right. Our bracket is only 100 shows or so, and March is just around the corner. <laughs> you know, you're hilarious. Aren't I? Anna, do you have a musical obsession? I do have a musical obsession, and it is The Cranberries. Oh, no. Thank you. Is it Dreams? Yeah, it's going to be Dreams. Oh, Obviously. Boy. Do you want me to do There's No Need to Argue? No, 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 no. Okay, then. Dreams is, dreams is fine. We'll do Dreams. Thanks, Dairy Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dairy Girls. You like the cranberries. I don't understand why thanks. you're being all huffy about it. I'm just going to be huffy. And in loving memory of Whiskey Cavalier, my musical obsession is holding out for a hero in Czech. Oh, my God. Which was played in one of the episodes oh my God. of Whiskey Cavalier. And I will find it and put it on the Musical Obsessions playlist. Oh. And I will learn to sing Holding Out for a Hero in Czech. in Czech. If anyone could, I bet it would be you. <laughs> Do you have a regular obsession, Anna? Well, when I say what my regular obsession is, you're going to be like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Story checks out. So, my obsession is Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Which, it's not just my obsession. I'm obsessed with it jointly with my child, and I have only spent the first 41 years of my life wanting to play Dungeons & Dragons, and now... Going so far as to have a child 10 years ago. Right, in order since to Since nobody get, else would play with to you. To get to this point, <laughs> I had the child, and now, after careful manipulation of his emotions, I have gotten him to the point where he wants to play Dungeons & Dragons with me, and I get to be the, the dungeon master, and we are very happy. Thank you. No questions. No further questions. This would be not nearly so tragic. <laughs> it's not tragic. If I wasn't being enlisted to campaigns. Just once in a while. Just once in a while. I do not have to play every time. I have created a character. I have participated in adventures. And... I okay, now I'm done. Have and I anticipate I will probably continue to be <laughs> on these adventures, whether I want to or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please send gummy bears. Sorry, checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I try to make it you know as um, Aline friendly as possible. I did get a bag of kittens. You got a bag of kittens as a as a treasure. As a treasure, and you got a peanut butter and chocolate potion as well. Also. So a treasure. So there you go. Maybe I should have you drink the potion. Maybe. Well, thanks for asking. My obsession. I, Ellie, <laughs> do you have an obsession? I'm sorry. My obsession prevented me from asking about your obsession. I am obsessed with the onset of all of the seasonal things. 
that happen around this time of year. Oh, you really like pumpkin spice, right? I am not <laughs> a fan of pumpkin spice. As readers, longtime listeners will know, I am not a fan of pumpkin spice. I am a huge fan of peppermint mocha, and I am a huge fan of apple cinnamon and apple caramel things. And so I am trolling the aisles at the supermarket for these niche products in the face of all of the pumpkin spicings. Did you spicings. find any uh, recent uh, cookie products at Trader Joe's that would fit this description? There was an apple cider cookie oh. at Trader Joe's that my coworker bought and then wouldn't let me eat enough of, so I had to buy them. And of course, it was one of the tubs of cookies, and they're the little silver dollar sized cookies. So I have 500 of them in this one tub, and I have not eaten half of them, but I love them, and they're good. And I bet they would be really good with peanut butter on them. Oh, my God. That's what I'm eating tomorrow. Uh, Someday we need to have an episode about peanut butter. Keep me posted if you come across apple cinnamon, apple caramel, peppermint mocha types of things. My other exciting find this season was a Bailey's creamer that was peppermint bark for some reason. And the best thing is that their Instagram and Twitter handle is Bailey Screamers. Bailey Screamers! <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at BellWeatherFriends, B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. We will probably post the episode on Facebook. Or maybe we'll post the last couple of episodes yeah, on Facebook. Maybe. Um, you can look us up on iTunes and leave us a review. I'm Anna, and you can find me on online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I am Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. A couple of times in the last year, we have had either listeners or Twitter followers of our individualities say hello to us in person, and we love that so much. Right now, we are missing a conference where we have in the past connected with some of our online friends. And say hi to us if you ever see us at any of the things that we occasionally get to. Our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter. Hi, Miss Julie. H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Bye. Welcome to Bellwether. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Bellwether Friends.